All right. Well, welcome into the Texas Tech edition of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm your new host, uh, Jackson Moody. Um, this will be my first time doing it by myself, so bear with me here a bit. We got a lot to talk about. The first game of the season's coming up here on Saturday. College football is officially back, kicked off with week zero. We know college football's back. Like, we know spring's here when the groundhog doesn't see a shadow and comes out because you're because Scott Frost already did something stupid to cost Nebraska a football game. So you know that you know the college football is here when Nebraska is back to losing football games. They should win. Happened last year, happened again this year. It's a great time of year. College football is officially back. Now, Texas Tech came out with their depth chart today. Uh, going to run through it real quick. Um, no surprise at the QB1 position. Tyler Shuck is the starter. Uh, we that was announced last week. Donovan Smith, Bear Morton listed as the joint QB two in this lineup. Donovan Smith was listed first with an or, then Baron Morton. Um, at halfback, we have a true one A one B. Mr. Roderick Thompson, Taj Brooks. Um, number three will be Bryson Donnell. Uh, tight end, which is a group I'm really excited for. Uh, we we got we got a lot of size in this group. We have. They're all listed as 1A, 1B, 1C. First, Henry Teeter, 6'4", 245. Then Mason Tharp, uh, the sophomore, played well in the run that he got last year. He was behind a couple guys. I'd expect his production to increase this year. 6'9", 260. And then Baylor Cup, 6'6", 250, the transfer from Texas A&M, who injuries kind of undid him uh, in College Station. Uh, couldn't get it back in the starting lineup with his injury issues, but he was a high four-star recruit from people in camp. They've been saying that he has been having a really good camp. He's looked really good. He kind of runs like a wide receiver, and when you're running like a receiver at 6'6", uh, 250, that's a good sign. Now, the slot position wasn't a surprise at all. At the Y, we have Miles Price. He's the only guy coming back with over 200 receiving yards last year. He had over 500 on the season. Uh, behind him is the Lubbock kid, Martinez. Um, so apparently he's also been having a good camp. There's a lot of videos coming out of him making good plays. Um, it's exciting that we're going to see him get some run in there. Um, at the other slot position, we have Xavier White, the uh, running back convert. He originally came in as a wide receiver, switched to running back. He never really looked comfortable there. Um but we were kind of we were kind of weak with the injuries to Thompson and Brooks last year. Needed him a lot, and uh, he he's back in the slot receiver position. He's going to be the starter at the H spot. So when we have four wide receiver looks, we're going to see a lot of Xavier White, Brady Boy listed as the number two. Um, it's a or with them. I, I was a little bit surprised. I thought there was a good chance Brady Boyd was going to be listed as an outside receiver. And he, he does show up in the Z, but as the third string. Um, but this is a very fast guy. He has take off, take the top off the defense speed. He's a really good route runner. Uh, Jadarius Townsend is in at the number three position uh, in that H slot. Um, for the X, we have Jaran Bradley. He's the starter. Um, J.J. Sparkman behind him, and then it's or trade Cleveland. I know J.J. Sparkman's been banged up a little bit at the Z position. We have Loic Fungi um, as the clear starter. The clear number two is Koi Eakin, who's actually a true freshman out of Stephenville High School. He led the nation in re- receiving yards for high schoolers last season. And then finally behind him is Brady Boyd. Now, the offensive line's where everybody's going to – 
we we don't need our O line to be great. We know they're not going to be one of the top five O lines in in the Big Twelve this year. We know that. Um, however, we need them to be serviceable and an improvement on last season because last season was pretty rough. And we're losing Dawson Deaton to the NFL and we're replacing him with a walk-on, Dennis Wilburn. But Texas Tech's had plenty of success with walk-ons before, most notably as of late was Justice Parker, who was all Big 12 in his first season as a walk-on over at safety. Um, Left tackle, we have Caleb Rogers as the starter. Left guard, Weston Wright. Um, Cade Briggs is the backup behind uh, Dennis Wilburn at center. Cade Briggs is the transfer from New Mexico. I know there was a huge battle between them two for the center position. Um, Landon Peterson, starter at right guard, no surprise there. Um, Ethan Card and Michael Shanahan listed behind him. Then Monroe Mills and Ty Buchanan still have an oar between them. Monroe Mills looks like there's a good chance he's been he's going to be the starter. Um, a lot of this is going to a lot of the line is going to depend on what happens with Cole Spencer, who's been battling injuries. He's a senior. They said there's a chance they even shut him down for the entire season and just have him come back next season with a medical hardship. Um, moving on to the defensive side of the ball, nose tackle Jalen Hutchings, defensive tackle Tony Bradford, edge is Tyree Wilson, the will is going to be Kosi Eldridge, the Mike's Kirshawn Mayweather, um, he's listed at 6'0", 25 pounds, I, I'm pretty sure that's 250 or 255, so don't worry there, um, outside linebacker Josiah Pierre, uh, Dimitri Moore, is going to be his backup. That that may be a bit of a surprise to some people. I think a lot of people thought there was a good chance that Dimitri Moore, the senior transfer from an SEC school, was going to come in and get the start. That's not the case. The star position, it's Marquise Waters. They said there's a good chance that they use him a lot rushing. Um, cornerback, it's still a battle for one of these cornerback spots between Rashad Williams, who's a senior, or Malik Dunlap, who's also a senior. At safety, we have uh, the Rabbit, Dadrian Taylor-Demerson. Joseph Plunk will be backing him up. Uh, second senior or second safety spot is going to be Reggie Pearson. Um, the other corner is going to be Adrian Fry, Kobe Miner listed as the backup there. Um, just run through special teams. Won't touch on it too much, but it's Austin McNamara as the punter. No surprise, Trey Wolf and Gino Garcia still in a battle at that place-kicking position. Long snapper, axe and knots. Um, kickoff specialist, Trey Wolf has won that job. Um, for a kick return, we have Xavier White, Miles Price, Darius Townsend, and Marquise Waters listed as 1, 2, 3, and 4. Punt returners, it looks like it's going to be Adrian Fry, Miles Price listed at 2, or Cody Eakin could possibly slot in there. Um, so that's, that's the depth chart that came out today. Um, there wasn't a huge amount of surprises. We still have Bow at the right tackle position. Um, Donovan Smith and Barrymore and still have the oar between them. So it looks like they're still Bow for QB2. Um, we saw the oar over at running back, which is what we expected with Sir Roderick and Taj Brooks. Uh, we have 1A, 1B, 1C in the tight end position. That's notable. Um, there weren't a ton of surprises. This is mostly what people expected um seeing marquise waters listed as a star means that he's going to be rushing the passer a bit more joey mcguire confirmed that today saying that he's going to get to see some blitzes in there but now for the fun part we have a game to preview this week 
Finally, it's been since December that we've had a game to talk about. It's since Jace Young's uh, what it looked like was going to be a home run ball to tie it in the regional against Notre Dame, got ate up by that right field wall, that we finally have some Texas Tech sports to talk about, some major sports to talk about. And we get Murray State this week, and as much as I would love to just walk over this one, I think that a lot of people are still a bit uh, traumatized by how badly we played against Houston Baptist in 2020 and how poorly we played against Stephen F. Austin this past season. Now, I definitely don't expect that this year. That seemed, honestly, like more of a Matt Wells thing. I, I can't explain how we beat Houston by more than we beat Stephen F. Austin by. I can't explain how we played so poorly against Houston Baptist and showed up against Texas at home. But I, I think that has to be some coaching thing, something in the culture there. I don't expect that this year. I expect us to put this team away fairly or pretty very early, really. Not fairly, very early. Um, now, now what I'm excited to see is how, how does our uh, wide receiver rotation look? How does the offensive line look? I know that we don't. We're not going to be tested as much as we will be in Big 12 play, but I think it's still going to be interesting to see how this O-line holds up because if you're not looking against Murray State, that's a really bad sign for Houston. Um, So I want to see how we utilize the receivers. I want to see if Coy Egan gets some time in or are saving him for some bigger games for his four games, although you'd have to think that you want his feet wet against Murray State before you trot him out there against Houston or on the road at NC State. Um, I'm excited to see how we utilize these tight ends that we have. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see how Tyler Shuck picks up this offense. I know it's a complex offense. Um, it really worked for Western Kentucky last year, but I think a big reason of that is you basically took Bailey Zappi out of that Houston Baptist offense and just plugged him into this Western Kentucky offense. You're not doing that this time. You have a new quarterback who had to learn it all again, and he just went through an OC change after just going through an OC change. So at least he has experience there. I really want to see how we utilize Donovan Smith and Baron Morden. I know they said that it's not a rotation, it's packages. You'd have to expect there's a good chance that we're having Donovan Smith in the goal line um, formation a lot. Um, we have a lot of height, a lot of size with our outside receivers, with our tight ends. You put Donovan Smith in there at his size, his running ability, his toughness. We saw that against Kansas. Saw that throughout the tail end of last season. I think that would be really interesting. And then I want to see what type of packages does Bear Morton have because he is a gunslinger. Are, are you using him more on third and long, something like that, when you need a deep shot? Or just what packages does he have? If you're trying to go fast, do you go with him because you can fl- sling the ball downfield? Um I think that's going to be really interesting. On the defensive end, it's you're going to want to see these corners hold up well. I think cornerback and the linebackers are our weakest points right now. Um, I mean, we lost a lot at the linebacker position with Rico Jeffers and Colin Schooler. Um, we lost pretty much nothing in the secondary, and the people that we had last year are healthy this year. A lot of them were banged up last season. So that's going to be really interesting. I want to see... A bit on how they split the kicking battle. I hope that we don't have to sell for too many field goals against Murray State, but it'll be interesting to see how the kickers perform. Um, is one of them getting 80% of the extra points, one of them getting 20% of the extra points, stuff like that. Um, 
this really should, I mean, obviously this shouldn't be a game we struggle with. This should be a tune-up game. It shouldn't be one that people are concerned about. Although through the last two years, it'll definitely be a little bit more concerning than it should be. Uh, but again, I'd expect a completely different staff. This should be a game that we walk away by 40, 50 points. This is just like playing a basketball team in the non-con who's not very good that plays in the SoCon conference or the SWAT conference or something like that. Or it should be at least. Now for some fun things, since we have college football to talk about, I think I'd go through some picks around the Big 12 this week. Um, Thursday we have two games to talk about. Central Michigan's against Oklahoma State. Obviously, back in 2016, Central Michigan stunned a highly ranked Oklahoma State team. Um, Oklahoma State's going to win this game, but they're minus 21 points. I like I like Central Michigan and keep this within 17 points. I, I think Central Michigan plus 21 is a really good lock. Uh, West Virginia at Pitt, that's the headliner, the backyard brawl. Pitt listed as 7.5-point favorites. If I, if I had to pick somewhere on the line, I'd take the points with West Virginia. But then again, I, I'm not high on West Virginia at all. I don't know enough about is JT Daniels still any good. Um he looked great at USC, but then he couldn't beat out Stetson Bennett, who is not a superstar at all. Um, I, I'd take I take West I'd take West Virginia money line, not putting much on it. By that would be my pick for the day. Moving on to Friday, we have Tennessee Tech and Kansas. Kansas is going to win that game. Then TCU at Colorado up in Boulder. TCU's thirteen and a half point favorites. They're going to win this game. CU. Pretty much last season, lost everybody who mattered to CU's football program in this offseason. I mean, their transfer portal was an absolute disaster. CU's going to be one of the worst teams in the Pac-12 this season, if not the worst. I'm not high on TCU either. I think they beat them by two touchdowns and cover that. Um, Saturday, obviously, Murray State at Texas Tech. Texas Tech's going to win that one. Iowa State against Southeast Missouri State shouldn't be a problem for Iowa State there. Oklahoma hosting UTEP. UTEP just coming off the loss to North Texas. They're 31 and a half point dogs. I kind of feel like OU wins this one by four touchdowns. So I think I don't think they cover. Baylor plays Albany that night. Not really a game worth talking about. Baylor's gonna win that one. Kansas State's gonna beat South Dakota. Uh Texas against Louisiana Monroe. I I'm not uh, sold on Texas covering 38 points against Louisiana Monroe. I know they have a really good offense, but they also have a very porous defense. They have a lot of question marks at their offensive line position. I'd take Louisiana Monroe to cover that one. I probably will be taking that one. Um, But, yeah, there's definitely a few good games, a few interesting games in the Big 12 this week. Obviously, the backyard brawl, it's going to be great to see that rivalry renewed. Um, But, that, that would be my picks going around the Big 12. There's not a ton of games that are going to tell you a lot about teams. It's more gearing up for Week 2 where you're going to see a lot more games like the Cyhawk game. You see Texas Tech against Houston, Texas-Alabama. That's really what we're gearing up for right now with this. It's just to get some offenses figured out. Oklahoma State, they really struggled against, I believe, Missouri State last season, um, although they're Quarterback did catch COVID right before the game, so that did not help them. But I did want to talk about more since it's officially the season starting, more Texas Tech season preview as a whole. Um, 
a lot of team a lot of people are expecting this team to come in at under five and a half. I definitely disagree with this. And this season I looked at the schedule, I was like, all right, you should beat you're gonna beat Murray State, you're gonna beat Kansas at home, and then yeah, you should beat West Virginia, but that's not one that I don't think anybody's really overly comfortable with penciling a win in yet because you don't know how JT Daniels is gonna look, you don't know how Garrett or not Garrett Gilbert, Graham Harrell is going to look as the new OC there. Um, so looking at the schedule, those other 10 games aside from hosting Murray State and Kansas, there's really no automatic losses here. Now, there's games you should win. Home to West Virginia, you should win that one. And there's games you're going to be big dogs in, like at, against Oklahoma, at Oklahoma State. But you've seen our history against Oklahoma State and Stillwater recently. It's been pretty good. We played them close. Um, obviously two years ago suffered a tough loss very tight loss we beat them four years ago handedly when we were huge dogs Oklahoma State's replacing a defense coordinator that's a bit later in the season that's game six so we're not sure quite how they're going to look just going through this schedule um, wins or losses they're going to beat Murray State I think they do get that win against Houston I mean I don't see much of a case for how Houston's improved a ton over last season. I think there's a big case on why we've improved a ton over last season, and we were able to beat them in Houston last year. We get them in Lubbock. It's a 2 p.m. game, not 11 a.m. game. Um, so the crowd's going to be a lot more filled out. Um, at NZ State, I think we lose that one. Um, that's going to be a really tough one for us. Um, it's definitely an upset possibility. NC State, they do perform pretty poorly with the pressure being high as of late but it's a new team this year um then you get into conference play and it's a really tough start so our first three conference games before the bye you have texas i i think that we actually pull the upset in that one quinn ewers making his first ever road college start second ever against the power five program he's going to look good against louisiana monroe he's going to look bad against alabama we pretty much know that and then he should be able to put up numbers against UTSA because their forte quite really isn't their defense. Um, then you go to Kansas State, which Adrian Martinez and Deuce Vaughn, I think, in the read option, that could be that could be really, really something to watch. I think Kansas State's my sleeper to win the Big 12, although I'm not sure how much of a sleeper they are. And then at, so I think we lose that one. I think that we do lose to Oklahoma State. There is a chance we win one of those two. I think we get into the bye week uh, sitting at 3-3, three and three, which nobody's going to complain about that one. We come out uh, against West Virginia. I think we do beat West Virginia. Now, if JT Daniels is firing on all cylinders, that home game against West Virginia becomes a bit trickier. Um, I think that we do pull the upset over Baylor. It's at home. Um, it is a statistical fact that they have not won in Lubbock since 1990. Now, the decade they were actually any decent at football, and quite frankly, very, very good at it. Um, they All the games were played in Arlington, but um, we played them close last year. It is a rivalry game. Um, Joey McGuire is more familiar with Baylor. I think that does give us a bit of an advantage especially being at home. It's about time we win one of these tough home games. Um, I think we do beat TCU. Uh, TCU is a team I'm really low on uh, for a few reasons. They were kind of – Sonny Dykes' whole career has kind of been like a front runner, I think would be probably the best way to describe him um, when he was 
with Cal, they beat the teams they were supposed to. Couldn't pull any upsets. It was the same story at SMU. Uh, they couldn't pull any upsets. Um, we saw that especially against Houston. Then they went off the rails when he started talking with TCU about that job. Then I think we beat Kansas. I think we close it out with two losses at Iowa State and then to Oklahoma. Although, I mean, you look at Oklahoma, that's a game. If anything's on the line, if it's like to go 8-4 and four of Oklahoma's already knocked out of the playoff contention, you know what team's going to be hungrier in that one. I, I think one problem is um, for Texas Tech, this is a home game, but it's a Saturday after Thanksgiving, which it's a lot tougher for Texas Tech to get fans the Saturday after Thanksgiving than it is for, say, a school like, well, Texas, where you're in Austin, where you're where a lot of your students live. There's not as many students from Texas Tech that live in Lubbock. Um, they're more five six hours away, which is why Texas Tech hopped on board of playing Baylor every Thanksgiving weekend in Arlington. You have your alumni base there. So that is going to be a bit of a challenge. And even when they went away from playing Baylor at a neutral site, they tried to schedule Texas Tech to have their games, not a home game on the last week, just because it is more difficult for Texas Tech to draw students out for those. Um, But overall, I have Texas Tech going 7-5 and this year. Really, the goal for Joey McGuire is to get to 6-6. Six and six. Now, inside the locker room, I'm sure the goal is to win the Big 12. And there's not a game on this schedule that they can't win. Um, but the big thing is getting to 6-6, six and six, knocking down that south end zone, having renovations going on, getting the extra month of, of practice before the bowl games, um, and just keeping the momentum going. It's been a really good offseason for Tech. The recruiting's turned around. It's not an overnight thing. They are committing to recruiting on the O-line and D-line, which is our weak spot right now. That's tougher to rebuild. It's not like basketball where you can go pluck eight guys out and your whole team's completely transformed. You have to go pluck 50 guys out to transform your team. Now, there is still a lot of talent there. The coaching is going to be better. Uh, Zach Hitley's one of the best young minds in the game of football right now. Uh, Tim DeRuiter's an older, proven coordinator. We have Emmett Jones as our wide receiver coach. Who I, I think that's the most exciting position coach that we have is Emmett Jones. I mean, and you're giving him a bunch of – you're giving him basically six outside receiver prospects who have very high ceilings. We don't quite know their floors right now. Uh, but I, I think some really good things are going to happen there. And overall, that just about brings us to the end of this one. However, before I go – um, one really good note for Texas Tech on uh, a different sport, women's volleyball. They won the Irish Invitational. They went to South Bend, beat Notre Dame on Friday night. Then they beat Milwaukee Saturday morning. Uh, they claimed the Irish Invitational 3-1 over Notre Dame, 3 over, over Milwaukee. Um, this is a really exciting development in uh, the women's sports concern, some of what's been going on with Texas Tech and controversy there. But this volleyball team uh, came from pretty much complete bottom feeders in the Big 12 to making the NCAA tournament last season and hopefully making the NCAA tournament and winning a game this season. But that's been it for this edition of the Texas Tech Heartland College Sports Podcast.